your flagship of Golden State Warriors basketball. 95.7 The Game presents... Pulls up from downtown. Beyond the Arc. Got it! Brought to you by Mountain Mike's Pizza. Now we take you 23 feet, 9 inches, and then some. Boldly go where no man has gone before. To the voice of Warriors basketball, Tim Roy. Durant spins down the left side, fights his way to the front court, pulls up for a three, and got it! That's a buzzer! KD with a long look back down toward Drake and the Raptors bench. Durant batted it forward, Curry's got it. Curry, lob, Durant slammed it down with the right hand on the break, and the Warriors go up by 19. Throws the corner there, Durant, same shot, same result. Kevin Durant with back-to-back threes. The Warriors lead by two, 67-65. Draymond back to Curry, over to McGee. Great pass and a dunk for McGee. Great assist by Curry. Highlights from the road trip for the Golden State Warriors as they finish their four-game trip with a perfect 4-0 record. It's their first undefeated trip of at least four games since March of 2015. The Warriors have now won eight in a row, and they have dished out 30-plus assists for the eighth straight game. It matches a franchise record, which was set last season, a chance to break that tomorrow night when they welcome the Los Angeles Lakers. I am Tim Roy, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Arc. And we have an information-packed show for you coming up in just a few minutes. Warriors guard Sean Livingston will tell us why it was so important for him to give back to his hometown of Peoria, Illinois. At the end of the day, it, it was just a beautiful thing to, to give back to somewhere that meant so much to me, influenced me, uh, the person I am today. Also on the list tonight, I'll answer your questions at Warriors Vox, Warriors V-O-X, including some comments from Draymond Green, who wants to win Defensive Player of the Year. I was telling someone the other day, I can't remember who I was talking to, I'm not a selfish guy when it comes to awards or stats. I really can care less. This is one thing I'm very selfish about. I want to win that Defensive Player of the Year award bad. One of the new Golden State Warriors, David West, reaches out to the Bay Area community. And then Mark Medina, the L.A. Daily News beat writer who covers the Lakers, talks about the balancing act that head coach Luke Walton has at the small forward position with Luau Dang and high draft pick Brandon Ingram. There haven't been a lot of issues, I think, for two reasons. One, because of who who Luau Dang is and who Brandon Ingram is. Following Mark Medina, we'll talk with Jim Peterson, a former Warrior and the Wolves television analyst, and he will let us know about the growing pains of this young Timberwolves squad and new head coach Tom Thibodeau. A struggling defense, a top five offense. Would you have thought that with Tom Thibodeau being the coach? You wouldn't have, I mean, I, you know, I just, it's been a surprise. And we'll cap off this week's edition of Beyond the Arc with a look to a very busy holiday schedule. It's all this hour on 95.7 The Game, crystal clear and FM. You know, there's a perfect jersey out there for every Warriors fan, whether you prefer home or road, Saturday slate, or the newest crossover look. You can get jerseys for every player in every style, sized for every woman, man, and kid in Dub Nation. Shop the largest selection of Warriors jerseys at warriors.com. Beyond the Art continues. I sat down with Sean Livingston, who took time on a day off on the road to go home to Peoria, Illinois to give back to his community. Draymond looks ahead to midcourt, swings the ball to Livingston, flies in for a dunk, and a timeout for the Lakers. 
Well, Sean, you took a day off on the, this recent road trip to go back home to Peoria Concordia Lutheran School. Tell me about this project and why it was so important to you. Yeah, um, it, it was my, my grade school that uh, I attended, graduated from. Um, just uh, very fortunate to be able to give back. Um, we wanted to come together and build a new gym. And, you know, it took a couple years, but we got the funding for it. And at the end of the day, it, it was just a beautiful thing to, to give back to somewhere that meant so much to me, influenced me, uh, the person I am today. 16,000 square feet renovation. Uh, tell me about some of the details of this renovation and, and uh, what's, what's going to benefit these kids. Um, well, it has, uh, you know, it's a brand new gym. Uh, it's, it has a new stage for fine arts, uh, concerts, plays, what whatnot. It has a storm shelter, built-in storm shelter as well. Um, and it, it holds about 500 uh, kids in the stands, which is probably 490 more than it held uh, <laughs> uh, previously. So, um, you know, definitely an expansion. When you went back there, well, for first of all, how did this how did this start? When did you decide that this was something you wanted to do? Um, I, it's always been kind of a passion project. I have a you know I probably came up with a list when, when I entered professionally of just you know passion projects that I wanted to be able to be a part of and give back to um, you know grade schools, community centers, my high school, um, you know places that I felt like influenced me, uh, influenced my journey, uh, for, you know as a young man and. You know, I'm just very fortunate to be able to do so. When you look at this project and you go back, what kind of memories came back to you? What kind of things did you think about? Just, um, you know, going kindergarten, first grade, second grade, you know, being a kid, memories that we made. Um, I was fortunate enough to win um, state titles, state championships at these schools as well uh, for our Lutheran, um, you know, our Lutheran League. And... It was just, uh, it was amazing memories. Again, just the foundation uh, that is surplanted for, for myself as a kid, learning, you know, learning about the Word of God, learning about, um, you know, who Jesus was, and then as well, uh, just the education I got, the curriculum, you know, it was just a higher standard. And it, I think it really set the tone for the kind of student athlete that, you know, that I turned into. Were you uh, a, a good student, or there, was there a little mischievous uh, Sean going on? Yeah, I was, a, I was a good student to start out, for sure. Um, you know, A's and B's were the standard. And, you know, I think I, I probably cried if I got some B's, you know, or C, just because, um, you know, it was, it was cool to get good grades. And, I mean, again, that, that's the standard, you know, that was set by the school um, and the kids that, I, you know, the kids that went there. And, um, you know, so as I got older, you know, got into high school, you know, uh, slacked off a little bit, but at the end of the day, it really set the tone for you know who, who I wanted to be. That's good because it's you know it's, it kind of shows that you were competitive even then. You know, in in that genre. So, uh, what's next? What's the next passion project for you? Um, I mean, Peoria is my hometown. It's always trying to really, um, you know, set my foot, set you know, get my feet sewed in there and really help out kids. I mean, you know kids are my passion you know I think that's where our future is that's where you know you they look up to us obviously as NBA players especially this Warriors team you know the type of influence that's that's uh we have over kids and I think just trying to use that influence to help inspire kids um back in Peoria even in Oakland you know working 
doing stuff maybe with Thanksgiving and Christmas events, you know, trying to help out there. So we'll see. I think it's to be, you know, to be announced. Sean Livingston's my guest. I'm Tim Roy, and we continue here on Beyond the Arc on 95.7 The Game. And, and Sean, you mentioned the kids, and, and to me that's been the really eye-opening uh to me as far as the impact of this Warriors team because we see so many little kids come in and I think just showing them that to be unselfish is a good thing whether it be in basketball and life that's really cool yeah and I mean you talk about the type of influence you know guys like Steph and Steph Curry uh, Kevin Durant have um, you know again they they really kids really look up to these guys you know um, uh, you know whether they should or not as a role model you know and so I mean it, it's it's very fortunate that you know those guys are even better people than they are players because I think um, you know it really shows that there's more to life you know than just what you're doing I think it's you know who you are as a person how you treat people you know that gets you further further in this life and those two guys they figured it out early and um, I think that's kind of the DNA that you see with this Warriors team. You see guys that are selfless, guys that are willing to go the extra mile for their teammate, you know, not just for themselves. And, uh, you know, again, I think there's a lesson in that. Let's talk a little bit about the ball club for a moment. Uh, are you surprised at, at all the uh, nitpicking that's going on with the Warriors record the way it is? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I mean, if, if we're not 82-0, and 0, you know, then – it's not good enough, and I mean that just comes with the territory, you know. And I think we're we're used to that just from last last year, going through what we went through, and and so um, you know it's just part of the territory. Has your role changed in any way at all? Um, I don't know if it's changed. Maybe uh, maybe a little bit as far as just rotation-wise and just, you know, coming off a little later. And I think it's just because we're more deep at the guard position now and, at um, you know, uh, with Kevin being able to be a lot more versatile uh, with that first unit and second unit. So, um, you know, we have a lot more firepower with Kevin in that second unit, you know, being able to carry a team, being able to carry us and, you know, and play off of him. You know, so it's a, I think it's a different look. Um, you know, this year with that. But, uh, again, we're figuring it out, and I think we're doing a good job at it. Really are. The ball's really moving. And, and uh, how nice is it to have a guy like Kevin to where the shot clock's at 8, and you could throw it to him, and he's going to get something good. Yeah, I mean, we know, you know, everybody in the league knows what he brings to the table. And, again, we're trying just to play off of uh, – play off of him really maximize his talents I think you know you got a guy that talented you try to maximize uh, what he can do on the floor we play off of him we understand you know the type of player he is and then also just be in a position to where we can make him better as well Uh, whether it's you know uh, converting you know on double teams that you know that he may have or being in the position you know to help take pressure off of him and uh, I think we're figuring that out as the season goes along. The guys who were around last year, the core of this team, is this year, is there a sense of some unfinished business? You know, we we like a different ending. Yeah. We like a different ending, um, you know, this year than last year. Uh, the season was sweet, obviously. Um, you know, that's one for the record books. But uh, at the end of the day, I think we'd all agree that we'd rather be standing at the end, you know. Um, and so I think that's that's kind of the difference. And, we, you know, we realize that this year anything can happen and we just, you know, we have to be prepared. When you look at the last two years with this Warriors team, has it prepared you for the for all the attention this year as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, the last two years have really set the, 
set the stage. It really set the stage for, you know, what we're going through right now. So I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a surprise that we were going to go through this. I think we all expected it, and you know, from that, I think we can all, you know, um, be more prepared for you know what's going to come our way. Finally, it's Thanksgiving week. What are you uh, especially thankful for? That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, going back yesterday, um, you know, hosting and dedicating the gym, uh, just being grateful for just my journey, my path, um, all the little things that we, I think, a lot of times take for granted. Um, you know, the fact that I'm able to wake up every day and, you know, come and live out my dream, play for the Warriors, play for, uh, professionally after all I've been through and just that, you know, I have family that love me, care about me and, you know, um, just uh, just grateful for all the little things and uh, I don't ever want to take that for granted. So uh, thankful for God every day for that. Well, well done in Peoria. Yes, nice sir. job. Yes, sir. Thanks, Tim. Warriors guard Sean Livingston always with interesting comments and, and what a great accomplishment he did giving back to his grade school in Peoria, Illinois, a job well done indeed. Hi, Tim Roy and Beyond the Art continues. I'll answer your questions on Twitter at Warriors Vox, Warriors VOX, or via email at Timroy, T I M R O Y E, at Warriors.com. That's next right here on 95.7 The Game, Crystal Clear FM. We're going back. Takes about a 30 footer. Way back to Beyond the Arc. Presented by Mountain Mike's Pizza. Well, Beyond the Arc continues here on 95.7. The game, don't forget the Warriors starting their home-and-home with the Los Angeles Lakers tomorrow night, 7 o'clock with a pregame show on the 95.7 The Game and the Warriors Radio Network. Let's get to your questions. At Warriors Vox, Warriors V-O-X on Twitter or via email, uh, Timroy, T-I-M-R-O-Y-E, at uh, warriors.com. So let's start now. Our first question starts with Raiders Azteca, who wants to know, are the Warriors of last year better than this year's Warriors? Well, that's a question that won't be answered, I think, until the end of the season. You know, as, as many people have suggested, the Warriors season really starts later on in the year. And so I think that right now, what you look for from the Golden State Warriors is growth. Are they getting better? Are they doing the things they need to do to improve? And there's a lot of improvement left to do, especially on the defensive end. They can get better on that side of the ball. On offense, you can't argue with the league's best offense. You can't argue with eight straight games of 30-plus assists. I mean, offensively, I don't think there's a real issue right now. Defensively, to get to where they want to go, they're going to have to get better over the course of the season. And I think they will. I think they're starting to figure out how this group needs to play defensively. It's a different style than what we saw with last year's team. So I think that question that you asked, and it's a great question, I think will be answered later on in the season. It's going to be answered by what happens maybe after the regular season and not during the regular season. Now, this one from Tom, who wants to know about Draymond Green. And, and he seems to get lost in the shuffle right now because of the fact that the Warriors have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson. But Draymond has been playing some really good basketball. And it's a great point. I mean, Draymond's doing some great things, not only passing the ball, but he's playing great defense. And he always plays great defense. And I think that's, that's something that you expect out of Draymond. And he's really figuring out uh, the line. And that's the line that Draymond has to get to in order to be a great player. 
but he can't cross that line, and he knows that, and he's working on that, and I think we're seeing some great results. In fact, Draymond was recently a guest on the Vertical podcast via Yahoo, and he talked about his desire to be Defensive Player of the Year. You know, when I look at that and, and say, man, our numbers are low, I wonder if people will vote for me. Honestly, I don't think that will affect it. Because if if you're voting on just a defensive number, and this is no disrespect to Kawhi, because I think Kawhi is an incredible defender, but the Spurs' defensive numbers will probably always be better than ours. Their pace is probably always a lot slower than ours. Right. Also, so they are usually playing a set defense, um, not getting beat in transition as much. Although they're playing a little faster this year, not getting beat in transition as much because they don't play as near as fast as us. So. Their defensive numbers as a team will probably always be better than ours because they play a lot slower game than us. So I think that makes a difference. And if, you know, if that did cost me, then hey, so be it. You know, but I'm trying to make it to a point this year where it'll be hard to deny me that award. And that's that's my focus. That's what I'm going to try to do. I was telling someone the other day, I can't remember who I was talking to, I'm not a selfish guy when it comes to awards or stats. I really can care less. This is one thing I'm very selfish about. I want to win that defense player of the year award bad. I love playing defense. Like, it's so fun to me playing defense. You know, I like to compare it to um, the excitement that Clay gets out of playing offense, you know, (laughs) shooting the basketball. And rooting for the Titans. Oh, man, that that guy, he's incredible. (laughs) Like, that's the excitement I get on the defensive end of the basketball. And so, you know, I like to think that I'm a great defender. And, you know, I think when you think you're a great defender, that is the one thing where that's how you stamp it. That's how you show, like, I am the best defender. And, you know, I'm really tight with Ben Wallace. And so every year we talk about he like, hey, you got to get you a defense player of the year, champ. You know, he always tell me that. And so, I, you know, I want it for that reason, you know, so I can talk junk with Ben. But, you know, I just wanted that some, like I said, as a defensive player, like, I just want to win that. Like, that's that's the biggest honor you can get as a defensive player. And the reason I, I feel okay with being selfish about that, because if you're selfish on the defensive end where you're trying to lock someone up, well, that's usually going to bode well for your team. I think it's okay to be selfish on that end. Not selfish in the fact of, oh, I'm not going to help because I probably overhelp sometimes. You know, it's I am completely okay with saying when it comes to that, I am as selfish as it can get right now. Interesting comments from Draymond. I think there's one thing you could take away from that. You know, players want to accomplish individual goals like we all do, but I think sometimes those goals can hurt a particular team if it's a scoring goal, if a guy needs to score a certain amount of points and he's taking a lot of shots. But when a player says he wants to be defensive player of the year, I don't think that's an individual goal that you have to worry about. That's a great thing. That's a thing you want your players to aspire to. You want them to play great defense and to revel in that. I think that's a great goal for Draymond to set. It's going to be hard to win that award, I think, with the pace of the play the Warriors play and the style that they have right now and the fact that everybody focuses on their scoring and the fact that right now their defensive numbers are down. But if those numbers climb over the course of of the regular season. I think Draymond will be right there in the middle of the conversation. A special moment at the White House. President Obama honoring some of the best in the world of sports with the Presidential Medal of Freedom, including two of the all-time greats. 
Here are the comments from the president about Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Here's how great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was. 1967, he had spent a year dominating college basketball. The NCAA bans the dunk. They didn't say it was about Kareem, but it was about Kareem. When a sport changes its rules to make it harder just for you, you are really good. And and yet, despite the rule change, he was still the sport's most unstoppable force. The title he'd hold for more than two decades, winning NBA Finals MVPs a staggering 14 years apart. Bless you. And as a surprisingly similar-looking co-pilot, Roger Murdoch once said in the movie Airplane, I mean, we've got some great actors here. Space Jam, Airplane. He did it all while dragging Walton and Lanier up and down the court for 48 minutes. But the reason we honor Kareem is more than just a pair of goggles and the skyhook. He stood up for his Muslim faith when it wasn't easy and it wasn't popular. He's as comfortable sparring with Bruce Lee as he is advocating on Capitol Hill or writing with extraordinary eloquence about patriotism. Physically, intellectually, spiritually, Kareem is one of a kind, an American who illuminates both our most basic freedoms and our highest aspirations. When he was five years old, Michael Jordan nearly cut off his big toe with an axe. Back then, his handles needed a little work. But think, if things had gone differently, Air Jordans might never have taken flight. I mean, you don't want to buy a shoe with like one toe missing. We may never have seen him switch hands in midair against the Lakers, or drop 63 in the garden, or gut it out in the flu game, or hit the shot three different times over Georgetown, over Elo, over Russell. We might not have seen him take on Larry Bird in horse or lift up the sport globally, along with the Dream Team. Yet MJ is still more than those moments, more than just on the two greatest teams of all time, the Dream Team and the 1996 Chicago Bulls. He's more than just a logo, more than just an internet meme. just a charitable donor or a business owner committed to diversity. There is a reason you call somebody the Michael Jordan of. Michael Jordan of neurosurgery or the Michael Jordan of rabbis or Michael Jordan of outrigger canoeing. You may know what you're talking about. Because Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of greatness. He is the definition of somebody so good at what they do that everybody recognizes them. That's pretty rare. Thank you for your questions at Warriors Vox and 
Timroy, T-I-M-R-O-Y-E, at warriors.com. We try to answer as many as we can every week and, of course, uh, during our broadcast as well. Well, recently, Warriors forward David West joined 100 Golden State Warriors and PG&E employees for a local Warriors volunteer event to beautify San Francisco's Dogpatch neighborhood. The volunteers and West helped install a new pedestrian pathway and fencing along with a fresh coat of paint at the Progress Parks Dog Run as well as a visit to Irving M. Scott School to unveil a newly refurbished basketball court. These events are part of the local Warriors program, brought to you by PG&E, as Warrior fans and community members join Warrior players and PG&E staff to volunteer their time and resources to invest in our communities. It's all part of the ongoing efforts of the Golden State Warriors to try and help make the Bay Area an even better place to live. We are delighted that the Warriors and PG&E are here to help us. All these parks that we're working in today are community-based parks. That means they were created by neighborhood volunteers, residents who live here. So to have extra hands to do bigger projects like this is just fantastic and we really appreciate it. The Dog Pass has been our home for the last two and a quarter years now. And uh, this is our way to get back to the community and uh, for the Warrior organization. I'm glad to be here uh, you know, on behalf of the Warriors and uh, partnering with PG&E. Um, I think it's always important for folks in the community uh, in which they live you know, to take an active responsibility in the development um, and the enrichment of that community. And that's what these folks are doing today. We're really excited about the Warriors, PG&E, and Good Tidings Foundation for coming out and doing the work for revitalizing the court that gets a lot of use from the kids in the neighborhood. We're just really glad that you're able to help us, the kids, and the city, and the county, and the whole neighborhood. These two giant organizations that are giving back to their local communities, uh, PG&E is trying to make a bigger impression on the environment and give back for uh, all that the community gives to us every single day. And so to be able to partner with the Warriors, you know, a hometown favorite, is just really exciting. The Splash. Quick release. Splash. Has returned. This is Beyond the Arc. Presented by Mountain Mike's Pizza. Well, Beyond the Arc continues here on 95.7 The Game. I'm Tim Roy, and a home-and-home greets the Warriors after their week-long road trip. And if you want to be a Warrior on the road, Kia is giving you a chance to drive and score. Purchase or lease any 2016 or 2017 Kia and get two tickets to two pre-selected Warriors games. You get VIP parking as well and a special welcome from the Warriors dance team. The offer will end on January the 12th. For details, go to warriors.com slash Kia. I mentioned the home and home, and that is with the Los Angeles Lakers. The Warriors will have seen the Lakers three times on the day after Thanksgiving. And to help us navigate through that, Mark Medina joins us, the L.A. Daily News Lakers beat writer. And you can also follow him on Twitter at G underscore Medina, M-E-D-I-N-A, to get caught up on all Lakers and NBA news. And Mark, I think it's uh, not really a surprise. I'm not saying that everybody thought up here that the that the Lakers would be, you know, doing what they're doing with Luke Walton. But there's no doubt. I, I think that you know he was born to coach, and I think that the the fact that he has this team, 
you know, playing. They're having fun. They're sharing the ball a lot better than what they did in years gone by. And it just seems that he's the right guy for this young team. Yeah, I think you've nailed it on the head. I mean, I certainly wasn't expecting that the Lakers would upset the Warriors a few weeks back. I'm not necessarily expecting uh, them to be able to duplicate that this week. But I think when you look at this season, it's never really been about wins and losses. They're going to have their ups, you know, maybe a surprising start. Like we've seen some downs, like uh, recently in the past few games where their defensive issues have become exposed a little bit. But it's always been about the development. This is a young team, and it's, uh, I think the way that Luke Walton and, and all Lakers management is quantifying success is how much progress has this young core and what kind of clarity do we have on what the potential of these players could be. And, you know, so far, so good. D'Angelo Russell has a sore left knee right now. Uh, what's his status, and do you expect him to play in these two games? You know, very hard to say. He's uh, actually listed as questionable for tonight's game against the Thunder. He didn't go through any morning shoot-around, and he also sat out of practice on Monday. But that doesn't preclude him from maybe playing tonight against the Thunder or playing tomorrow against the Warriors. He can still go through some pregame warm-ups to test out his knee. But you know, Luke Walton said something really interesting where um, he saw D'Angelo play against Chicago, and he was really favoring the perimeter. Most of his shots were from three-point range. He wasn't attacking the basket. And Luke made it clear if that's how he's going to be playing his game because of his knee, he may as well just sit out until it heals 100%. He doesn't, as much as they want D'Angelo Russell on the floor and it's admirable for someone to play through pain, if it's going to limit his game that much, I think Luke is of the mind that he may as well just sit it out until he's back to his normal self. You know, there's no doubt that the future belongs to Russell, you know, Clarkson, Randall, Brandon Ingram. But one of the guys I think that it's really, it, it's uh, he doesn't get enough attention because he kind of goes below the radar. He's not a chest-pumping kind of guy. But Lou Williams... He just knows how to score in this league. I mean, he always has. He's been, you know, sixth man of the year, so it's no, you know, no revelation here. But I just love the way that that Luke has kind of turned him loose when he comes in the game. I completely agree, and and Lou doesn't get as much of the limelight because for two reasons: one, so much attention is on how the young core is developing, and two, Lou doesn't really seek the limelight. Um, but the Lakers are very well aware and appreciative of what he brings to the table. And a lot of his qualities in terms of leadership and his ability to create his own shot, score in bunches, he did that last year. But I think what's different this year, you can look at the shooting percentage, a lot more efficient. And I think it's been very timely this year because with the Lakers going through their young growing pains and forging an identity, they don't have a definitive guy to give the ball to. But... Lou Williams has become that guy on that second unit and in late in games, and uh, so far he's delivered most of the time. Are you surprised that 14 games in that they're at the 500 mark? I am surprised. Uh, if I had a guess record, I would have thought you know, maybe four, four and uh, nine or three and. I'm sorry, my math isn't good here. Fourteen games in, yeah, I thought maybe <laughs> four and three ten. and eleven, yeah, four and four and ten. Uh, but again, it wasn't about results for this team. It's about them going through uh, growing pains, knowing that 
you know, they're, they're facing a lot of tough opponents, but I think the Lakers showed that some of their growing pains in terms of offensive chemistry and how they're going to score out of uh, Luke's system, that hasn't really been an issue at all. You've seen the results right away. I think where the Lakers are now going through some struggles is their defensive issues. They haven't been a good defensive team all year. It's not because of effort. They've been engaged, but one, they just don't really have the personnel to be a good defensive team, and two, uh, they're really just trying to figure out uh, how to break old habits, how to play as a team, how to communicate. Um, and part of that is because they're new. Part of that is as much as they've adapted well to Luke's system, that freedom has also made contributed maybe to the disorganization on defense. Um, and then the other thing is I think you're going to see a lot more opponents take the Lakers seriously. You know, they, they've been kind of the feel-good story so far in this NBA season, and it's only human nature for teams to play according to tradition. But again, even if they go through rough patches the next few weeks or even some more success, it really isn't about the bottom line results. Obviously, the Lakers would love to make the playoffs, but I think their main thing is you know, how well can these guys get better by the end of the year. So you're proving a theory. I think we're all paying too much attention to analytics, seeing where our math skills are declining as a result. I think that's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I didn't major in math, so I think it also exposes my weakness there. Hey, nobody nobody in this business majored in math for the most part, I think. I think we're pretty safe with that. Uh, I think we got in this business because we couldn't do the math. But uh, – the, the, the one issue I look at the the Lakers, and it's it's got to be a nice balancing act for Luke Walton. He's got Lou Aldang, who they signed to a contract in the offseason. But then he's got Brandon Ingram, and he plays the mm-hmm. same position. And so you want to bring Ingram along, but that you have Dang, and you've paid some big cash for him. How does he balance that, and how, how is that equation working? Well, it's definitely uh, going to be interesting how it plays out, but from a chemistry standpoint, there there haven't been a lot of issues, I think, for two reasons. One, because of who, who Lou Aldang is, and two, who Brandon Ingram is. Lou Aldang is a very nurturing mentor. He's shown Brandon a lot of tips on, you know, how to train, go through your routine, just different nuances, you know, in terms of defensive coverages, et cetera, et cetera. And he's been very supportive of the reality that so far Brandon Ingram has been closing games out. Meanwhile, Brandon doesn't seem like a brash 19-year-old rookie. I mean, he's confident in his game, but he's very soft-spoken, very humble. And, you know, when you look at his numbers, they don't blow off the charts. His points per game average and a shooting percentage isn't all that great, which I think reduces the urgency to get him into the starting lineup. But I think also, you know, highlights, what Brandon's game is going to be about. It's not going to be about his box score. It's going to be about how, at least initially, how he masters everything else. And I think because of the way the the Lakers are right now, where he's not the number one option, this has allowed Brandon to really grow gradually, and he's done that. If you look at his defensive activity, uh, his growth in the post, and assuming some ball handling duties, he's shown a lot of positive signs that uh, suggests that he will become a very versatile and well-balanced player. And so, uh, you know, I know that Brandon would like to make more shots, but I I think in this respect you've seen his growth be very natural and and not as forced. Mark Medina with us here on Beyond the Arc talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. Warriors play them in a home-and-home at Oracle on Wednesday and then Friday after the holiday down at Staples. And, uh, Mark, as we wrap this up, I wanted to have you look at the schedule 
a little bit for me because I, I see after the the Warriors home and home, there's a home game against Atlanta, and then I think they've got uh, a nice little test. It's a road trip that starts in New Orleans with a back-to-back in Chicago and then a day off and then a back-to-back at Toronto at Memphis. Now, at least they're coming west on the back-to-back. But uh, three of those four teams are really starting to play good basketball, and even the Pelicans are now with Drew Holiday back. They're a different animal. So this is going to be a little test for Luke Walton's club. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how they navigate that because just to rewind a little bit, if you looked at the Lakers' first road trip at the beginning of the season, uh, they didn't do so well. They lost the first three road games. They closed out with a promising win in Atlanta, which I think kind of spurred their confidence lead into that Golden State upset. But then the next road trip, it was kind of the reverse. They had a very promising start with uh, some uh, wins against Sacramento where they had to come from behind, secure a close win. New Orleans really set the tone. But then the last night of that trip, back-to-back in Minnesota, the energy wasn't really there. So I think it'll be revealing to see how much the Lakers have adapted to just the reality of the unforgiving NBA schedule particularly on the road with back-to-backs. And again, back to you know the, the quality of opponents and, and being more aware of the Lakers. Uh, I don't think the Lakers have the luxury now of sneaking up on teams. Uh, they can very well be competitive, as they've shown in most games, but there's not going to be that, you know, maybe some elf element of surprise that they were able to pull off earlier in the season. So I think when you look at those stretch of games uh, within that sample size, those will all be kind of turning points, obviously in terms of wins and losses, but you know how much step forward do these young guys take? How much do they step back? And then what's interesting, it's almost within that framework, a game within a game. Some of these young guys might be taking steps forward while the other young guys aren't. And, and that could be very well a theme throughout the season where we're seeing up and down growth uh, with varying different players at varying different times. Mark Medina, always a pleasure, and best of luck with your coverage for the L.A. Daily News. You can follow him at, at Twitter at Mark G underscore Medina, M-E-D-I-N-A, and it's always great to talk a little round ball with you. Okay, thank you, and I enjoyed it as well. Thanks so much. Let's switch the microphone now, go over to Jim Peterson, who is, of course, a former warrior and longtime uh, TV analyst with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and and. And even though they're off to a, a, a tough start, I still think this is a team to keep your eye on in the NBA because they've got a lot of young talent and they've got Tom Thibodeau as a head coach. And, and Jim, how is the, uh, the growing pains going for the Timberwolves right now and adjusting to a new coach and, and with all that young talent that's on that roster? Well, Tim, it's been, uh, it's, it's been weird because um, I think that I think everybody – that is an insider in the NBA and even casual fans and even fans that know a lot would, would have thought that um, the first thing that would have improved for Minnesota would have been defense, that, that um, Minnesota has not been one of the top-ranked defenses in the NBA for quite some time. And with Tom Thibodeau coming in, I think that everybody would kind of assume that, um, you know, the defense would have improved immediately. And, uh, concept because Tibbs is is known for his defensive concepts and it, and it is you know he does have a very extensive defensive playbook and um, a lot of terminology and a lot of ways to guard pick and roll and a lot of ways to guard great players and um, <clears throat> that's true 
but the Wolves have struggled defensively. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Uh, defensive field goal percentage-wise, they're in the bottom five by, by defensive rating. Um, they're like 24th in the league. Um, they've got a little bit better, but um, it's been a struggle. Offensively, they've been great. I mean, you know, um, if you look at the metrics of what we've done, um, up until last night, um, we just played the Boston Celtics. I mean, the Wolves were number one in three-point percentage, which, you know, uh, they were 25th last year in by percentage. Um, they're shooting threes at a, at a much higher rate and making threes at a much higher rate than they were last year. Um, offensive rating-wise, um, they have a top five offense. So you you got, you know, a struggling defense, a top five offense. Would you have thought that with Tom Thibodeau being the coach? You wouldn't have, I mean, I, I, you know, I just, it's been a surprise. And then um, in terms of offensive rating, they've had a top two. Um, only the Clippers have had a higher offensive rating in the first half of games. So quarter one, quarter two, top two team rating-wise. And then the problem we've had is, is, the bottom falls out in the third quarter. The, in the NBA so far this year, there have been 15 games where teams have been up 14 points or more, okay, and where teams have come back from a 14-point deficit. It's happened 15 times. Five of them have against the, the Wolves. <laughs> Five of those 15 games have happened to the Wolves, and a lot of that's happened in the, fourth quarter, or in the third quarter where the Wolves would have a 12, 14-point lead, um, and, and they just dump it in the third quarter and then lose a close game in the fourth quarter. So the Wolves either blow a team out or they will start to blow a team out, lose in the third quarter, then lose a close game. That, that's basically how, this, how the season's gone for Minnesota. Yeah, it's, just, it's interesting, though. You have so many pieces there, you know, from Carl Anthony Towns to Wiggins and, and, and Levine. You know, is he figuring out what he's going to be in, in the NBA? Well, you know, I think that, um, both Flip and Sam Mitchell last year, um, they, I think Flip initially, when Flip was head coaching, um, Flip tried to use Zach as a one. He was like the backup point guard behind Rubio, and they were playing him more as a one than a two. And then Sam last year, Sam Mitchell wanted to play him at the two and then wanted to start him at the two, but, but he wasn't ready to guard some of the more physical twos in this league. And so Zach ended up coming off the bench. Um, Tibbs has come in, and then you didn't know what Andrew Wiggins was. Since Wiggs has been in the league, you know, is he a two or is he a three? You know, Flip would play him at both spots. Sam would play him at both spots based on personnel, based on, based on matchups. Um, Tibbs came in and said, Rubio's the one, Zach's the two, Wiggins is the three. Put everybody in alignment just like that. And then everybody's falling in behind that, and then Towns is the five, and Gorgie Chang is going to be the four. And so he kind of solidified that lineup, and that's kind of how things have gone. Well, the problem with Rubio, as fans know, is that he's, he's an elite-level defender. He's a tremendous organizer of your offense, and, and he, he, he gets the ball to people that need to get it when they need to get it. But um, the problem comes when you, when you get into crunch time and teams start stiffening up and they take away Towns and Wiggins and Levine, and then now it's going to be Jang and Rubio who are going to be opened because teams are leaving them open, and then, you know, Ricky can't shoot, really. I mean, he, he, can, he can make shots periodically, but he's not a great perimeter jump shooter. He's not Steph Curry, obviously. Um, and so that's, that's been kind of an issue. So then we don't have a lot of depth either. So, yeah, Wiggins and Towns have been great, but teams take them away when, when it, it's crunch time. 
And, and then now someone else is going to make a shot. Zach has not been able to knock down some key shots. You know, there are those times when you have a 12-point lead, and, you, and it happens all the time because teams make run in the NBA where that 12-point lead goes to four. And now a young team is sort of like questioning itself a little bit. And that four-point lead turns to a two-point deficit within two or three possessions. And now you need a basket. You, you know, and, and so that's where Zach is kind of, you know, he's been the one open and he's missed a couple, you know, in, in two or three games where he could have hit that shot that either kept the lead or extended our lead. And, that, you know, he's just not been able to hit that shot. So, I mean, Tim, you know what I'm talking. You know those, you know, fans that are listening know when those kind of things happen. You need that right. player that can stem the tide. And, and you know, the Warriors are a team full of guys that can stem the tide. Um, we we just are young guys that are trying to figure it out, and you know Tim's Tim's is a is a is a tough customer. You know, like he you know everybody's seen him coach on the sidelines. You know, I I think for your young guy and you got Tibbs, you know, barking at you a little bit, it can be intimidating. So that that's the process that these young guys have to get through. They have to get through. They don't have have Steve Kerr, or Luke Walton coaching them. You know what I mean? They got Tibbs coaching them. Correct. Yeah. Difference. And, and and so and so you know. I think at the end of the day that they'll, you know, they'll be tougher having to go through this with Tibbs because Tibbs has a way of making you play hard and be tough. Um, the question is, 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 is it for everybody? You know what I mean? Like, like, like Tibbs better get his kind of guys in here, um, and we need more veteran leadership. We don't have any veteran guys. We've got, I mean, you, you guys know Brandon Rush because he was in, at, at Golden State. We, you know, we've got Brandon Rush. He's been hurt. He hasn't played much. Um, we've got John Lucas III. He hasn't played much. We've got Jordan Hill. He hasn't played much. It's been our 21-year-olds that are trying to carry this team, and so it's it's been a it's been a process. And and Warrior fans will see it. Hey, Warrior fans saw it last year when when this young Wolfstein came in and knocked off uh, the Warriors at the end of last season. So I'm not saying it's not in there, and I'm not saying it won't come soon. Uh, it just hasn't appeared yet. Yeah, it's interesting. I, again, I, 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 I truly believe you that if, if the Wolves are reasonably healthy, I think when they get to the middle of the year and Thibs is used to them, uh, Thibs is used to them, and they're used to him, that that they will have a a, a good second half of the season. Uh, what's what's the uh, uh, scouting report on Chris Dunn out of Providence? How's he doing? Um, Chris Dunn is um, he is. Uh, excellent defensively. He's he is. Uh, if you if you look at um, deflections, and that's one of the things on the player tracking on NBA. dot uh, com. You know the you know we all prep using a lot of these um, the new metrics that Correct. teams use to quantify things. And one of the things you can use in player tracking is, uh, and it's a very important part of defense is is the number of deflections you get because deflections are an indicator of a defensive activity. And it's a it's an indicator of individual defense as well. So Chris Dunn is one of those guys that um, is a is very ball hawkish. He's he's an Avery Bradley level defender, I think. Um, he's shown that ability to hawk the ball to when he's off the ball, getting through pin downs. When he's in guarding the ball, getting through ball screens. I mean that's an important skill set to be, you know to not melt on screens and such. So he's he's aggressive defensively, but he's a lot like Rubio. 
in that in that his perimeter jump shooting skills are not good. Um, it's just he's he's not, and, and you know he's he's, he's twenty two years old. Um, he's older than our three stars actually <laughs> in his wow. first year. That uh, you know they're all twenty one. Wiggins, Levine, and Towns are all twenty one years of age. Carl just turned twenty one. Um, so and then our rookie is actually a year older than them. So um, he, he's got tremendous defensive uh, abilities. He just doesn't have the ability to score yet. You know, one of the hardest things for young players is um, is decision making at pick and roll game. And and Chris Dunn is um, is still trying to figure out whether he should pass or whether he should shoot off a ball screen. And um, he, he's he, he's just a work in progress. He's going to be fine, but he just needs reps. He just needs reps, and he needs to build some confidence. Now you're talking to us from New York, correct? Yeah, my son Sanjay plays for the Northwestern Wildcats. Chris Collins um, is the coach at Northwestern. Um, they beat Texas last night, and um, they're getting ready to take on Notre Dame tonight here. So I'm going back to Barclays Center. We were just here with the Wolves um, um, a, a couple on election night. As a matter of fact, we were—I <laughs> don't know where you guys stay in New York. We used to stay at the Trump Hotel in Soho. Right. Um, we switched hotels, but um, but we were here. Uh, playing the Brooklyn Nets on election night, having to fly to Orlando after in a back-to-back situation. But it was very interesting to be in the city on that day. Wow. With uh, with both the Clinton campaign and, and Trump campaigns, you know, actually having their post-election parties right there in Manhattan. So, um, yeah, I'm here. I'm getting ready to fly to Phoenix. You know, our schedule, Tim, we're always on the road, so I'm leaving Brooklyn tomorrow to go to Phoenix to meet the Wolves. So, um, we've got a little break in the schedule. We're not broadcasting our game against Portland tomorrow night, so um, I get to be here watching my son tonight. Well, you know, Sanjay Lumpkin, he's a redshirt senior for Northwestern, yep. and which yep. is great. You know, it's a great school, and he, he's playing in the Big Ten. And, and uh, so, so, you know, all of us as parents, you know, we sit in the stands when our, if our kids play in sports or even if they're, say, in drama and you're, you're, you're hoping, you're like, you know, hands are clenched, you're hoping that they do well. How are you in the stands watching your stepson? I'm pretty calm, cool, and collected. I'm, I'm better than Doug Collins. Doug, Doug sits in the stands and he's going nuts. There, there have been games. <laughs> you can catch some Northwestern games sometimes. You're probably not watching because Northwestern probably isn't on your, on your radar for sure, but... Um, it's been funny during some of the Big Ten network broadcasts where you know they've been close games and they show Doug and Doug's got his hands in his head on his head. He's like he's face palming, you know, so nervous. And Doug's been great. Doug's been great to my son Sanjay. Um, Sanjay's been a. This is the second year he's been a captain uh, at Northwestern, and Doug has been unbelievable to my son Sanjay. And then, you know, interestingly. Um, uh, Del Demps's son, Trey Demps, just graduated. Del Demps runs the New Orleans Pelicans. And then the other guy that's been Sanjay's best friend on this team that just graduated a couple of years ago is Drew Crawford, Danny, referee Danny Crawford. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we saw him in preseason. So, so, yeah, so so Chris, Chris Collins, Doug Collins' son, Del Demps, my son Sanjay, and then, uh, then Drew Crawford. There was a lot of NBA people sitting around. So I'd see Danny. Danny's great. But it's just you are so proud of these kids, you know. I just it's it's fun to watch them play. Uh, hopefully, Sanjay is going to be able to run an NBA team one day. That's my dream for him, and that's what he he's going to probably end up working uh, for an NBA team after he graduates. Here, he's already got his his uh, his undergraduate degree. He's getting his master's right now. So, two degrees Western should be pretty good sufficient to hopefully land a job wow. somewhere. 
Yeah, that that's really really cool. And congratulations on that, and, and enjoy uh, every second because, as you know, it just flies by, just flies it does. by. It's almost over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, Jim, thanks so much. Safe travels, and we look forward okay. to seeing okay, you. Jim. And and, um, and thank you so much for your time, as always. Okay, I'll see you this weekend. That's Jim Peterson, former Warriors forward and current TV analyst for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hey, this Thanksgiving, the Warriors are saying thanks by giving you four days of deals starting at 10 a.m. on Black Friday. Enjoy no ticket fees for all games and get special offers and free shipping on all merchandise orders over $75. Don't miss this great chance. Head to Warriors.com starting Black Friday at 10 a.m. We'll wrap up this week's edition of Beyond the Arc with a look at the upcoming schedule right here at 95.7 The Game, Crystal Clear FM. Curry with another three, three, three. Tim Roy takes you back to three-point land. He's got another three. As Beyond the Arc continues. Presented by Mountain Mike's Pizza. On the Golden State Warriors Radio Network. Just can't believe the holiday week is upon us. The NBA schedule does not stop for anyone. And here are your upcoming broadcast brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. Play here. Play the best. Stop by CashCreek.com for upcoming concerts and events. Well, tomorrow night, the Warriors welcome the Los Angeles Lakers. The start of a home-and-home set with their rivals from down south. And this year, the Lakers are using a weapon off the bench, and his name is Lou Williams. Side stolen by Williams from behind. Breakaway Williams, and that's how the night's going. They're down by 13 with 10 minutes to go. 7 o'clock, the start time for both Wednesday and Friday here on 95.7 The Game. Crystal Clear FM Warriors at home at Oracle tomorrow night and then down at Staples the day after the holiday. Back home on Saturday night where the Warriors take on Zach Levine and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Zach Levine, deep three left side on the way. He rattles it home. Zach Levine ties his career high with 37 points. That's his career high, seventh three of the game, seven of nine from deep. It's a slate night brought to you by DraftKings, 7 o'clock with a pregame show, Warriors and Wolves. Game two of the five-game homestand is Monday night when the Warriors take on the Atlanta Hawks, and that means a return to Oracle for Kent Bazemore. Williams on the go, goes up, rejected by Bazemore from behind, and it goes about 10 rows up. My goodness. What a chase down block by Ken Bazemore. Warriors and Hawks, 7 o'clock with a pregame show. It's Kevin Durant bobblehead night. Make sure you get to Oracle early to get your Kevin Durant bobblehead. That's Monday night, Warriors and Atlanta, 7 o'clock with the pregame show. And then Beyond the Arc is next to Tuesday. Again, 7 o'clock with the start time there. Glad you invested one hour with us. We appreciate it. If you missed any or part of this conversation tonight on Beyond the Arc, make sure you go to soundcloud.com slash warriors where you can get all your Warriors audio needs. Plus, you can go to warriors.com and listen to the entire show there as well. I want to thank all of our guests on tonight's show, including Sean Livingston, who gave back to his hometown of Peoria, Illinois, by refurbishing his grade school's gym, the stage. He included even a storm shelter for the kids if bad weather occurs. Also thanking Mark Medina of the LA Daily News to preview the home and home with the Lakers and Jim Peterson, former Warriors forward, talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves who come to Oracle on Saturday and about their young talent and new head coach Tom Thibodeau. 
Thanking Dave Feldhouse at the controls of Beyond the Arc. And the Warriors' senior radio producer is R.C. Davis. I'm Tim Roy for Beyond the Arc. Stay tuned right here at 95.7 The Game because Zach and the Guru are up next. This has been Beyond the Arc. There's a point I won't go beyond. Tim Roy's weekly rundown of all things Golden State. Presented by Mountain Mike's Pizza. Shoots a three. Got it. Top of the circle. Three by Curry. For tickets, call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.